Welcome to This is Spinal Lab, a podcast on the thrilling world of motorsports, presented by your pedestrian host, Greg Mefford, only on the Ignotainment Media Network. Now, the most fantastically ordinary guy in broadcasting, Greg Mefford. Thank you very much, and welcome... uh uh, welcome to all of our listeners uh, to episode number three. Uh, we are recording this in short order relative to episode two, which we really uh, only recorded two days ago and only got up. Well, no, we recorded it four days ago and only got it up on the uh, on the network uh, two days ago. So apologies for that. Hopefully we'll get these things out in a more regular fashion. Uh, ideally, would like to get them out midweek. Of course, as always, you can find them, as you have done so if you're listening to this, uh, on the iTunes network at uh, This Is Spinal App or on the Stitcher network at This Is Spinal App, or you can go to SpinalApp.com and uh, listen to it or stream it uh, from there as well. Um, appreciate any feedback or comments or questions. We'll certainly entertain any questions that uh, anyone might have. And in fact, actually, we got a favorable review uh, on the iTunes store, which we very much appreciate. Thank you so much. Uh, given how little we've been up at this point, that's really nice to see. So uh, we'll hopefully continue to uh, to deliver something that you find entertaining uh, and enjoy listening to. Um, and with that, because we still are in the middle of uh, NASCAR, well, not in the middle, we're three races into the NASCAR season, and it is the only major form of racing that's going on at the moment. We're going to stay on uh, a NASCAR-themed uh, show today, which also then means by necessity we have to bring Gannon Diggs back into the uh, conversation. And, of course, as always, uh, Gannon is in some cave somewhere in the southeast United States. I believe it's uh, Crosslands, West Virginia, if, if that's correct, Dan and Gannon. That is correct. And and are you in a dark parking garage with Deep Throat somewhere? Or? <laughs> deep Throat, easy. Oh. <laughs> I, I am in uh, a Mardi Gras casino and resort in lovely West Virginia. Well, 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 fantastic. Well, well, thank you for uh, we 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 apologize for pulling you away from the uh, the gambling tables um, yeah. to to join us on this podcast, but appreciate it and uh, appreciate all the insight and uh, and and uh, chatter that we uh, that we have each week. So with that, why don't we kind of just jump right into it and uh, talk a little bit about uh, anything that you saw in Las Vegas and kind of a general recap of of, of what transpired on Sunday. Um, Las Vegas was your, your standard mile and a half track. Um, not, not the most exciting race. Um, you know, as we talked about Kevin Harvick obviously dominated the race. He, he was, looks like he led most laps, 142 laps. And then Joey Logano was second to him, not in the finish, but as far as laps led of like 40, 45, 46, 47, I think. Um, but kind of like what we talked about last week, you know, you you finished the race and you had 20, what did we say, 25? No, I'm sorry, 20, 20 drivers that were on the lead lap. So you still had more than half the field that had either been was out or, or a lap down. So, yeah, again, that stigmata of the, uh, the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, no, it, it is interesting, you know, that you say that. And in fact, actually, as I'm looking at it here and pulling it up, um, you had... Yeah, no, fifteenth uh, actually uh, is is where uh, uh, right. Brian Vickers in fifteenth was one lap down, or at least yep. when he you know when the when when the green, when the checker dropped, and only ten more down from that in twenty fifth, uh, you had Casey Mears who was two laps down, which to the point you just made, 
is 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 for NASCAR is kind of almost insane. The, the fact that that all the way through, you know, the the you usually have those stragglers, you know, the last five or seven, you know, guys. Uh, in the race, end up being you know sometimes seven and eight and ten laps down because they're just running for points, um, and you know they they, they 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 wreck their car and they put it back out there just for that sake. But to have green flag and running type cars be, uh, you know, again twenty fifth and to be two laps down and off the lead, that's yeah. that just seems it seems unnascarish to me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and, and and you were saying, I mean, we were talking a little bit offline before you came on. And what do you do about it? I mean, you know, I mean, how do you how do you keep this from 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 not happening? Because I think it's kind of a turnoff. Yeah, I agree. And 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 I haven't studied up on the latest, you know, polls as far as the uh, how many people are, are, are as tuned in into the races as they were, you know, a couple of years ago, four or five years ago. But yeah. But the more that we do this, the more research I'm doing, and 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 you know, it is. It's kind of like it's it's right in your face that you've got, like I said, half the field, more than half the field is is not even a contender. Um, and I feel like we've gotten away from what what NASCAR was was supposed to be. Don't get me wrong, still love it, it's still a popular sport. Um, but yeah, you're 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 looking at you know who's competitive and who's not, and when you got more than half the field, it's not competitive. It's just kind of like uh, let's mix it up a little bit, guys. Yeah, no, no, no question. I mean, well, to that end, again, you know, um, uh, I, no one's going to claim that um, either one of us do the most illustrious show prep. But um, well, I, the 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 I know the television in general I, over last year. I know the television audience for NASCAR has plateaued. Um, I don't think it's going down, but it's plateaued. It's quit growing. And I know that the last few years of the Daytona 500 have been um, solid, but I know they'd like to see more growth there. And and where I'm going with this is is with, with kind of these results that we're getting, at least now, with the exception of Daytona, which, you know, I mean, here's an interesting thought. Everyone hates restrictor plate racing, but it ended up being, you know, I mean, by far the closest race um, – which is normal, I guess, for restrictor plates. But I just don't remember, and maybe to your point, because we don't pay as much attention to it, guys being 25th and two laps down. I just, I don't know. It's right. It blows when my mind. Say, when you say everyone hates restrictor plates, the drivers hate restrictor plate racing. The, the, the fans love it. Good point. Know? No, you're right about that. Um, well, well I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't like it that much because I don't like the fact that and now this is going to be completely talking out of the other side of my mouth. Mm-hmm. I don't like the fact that a guy can't at least have the ability to kind of punch it and, and move out from somebody. That You know, you take that lap and a half to get the car up to speed. Um, I like the idea that, you know, you, you, you put it on the floor and, and you're hauling the mail, you know, by the time you hit the first corner. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, But you're right. It does bunch everybody out, but then, it, you know, it, it leads to the other big problem, which they make reference to in the broadcast all the time, which is the big one, you know, the big accident, because you are so packed in that, you know, that, that creates the other problem, you know. So the, and to that end, I don't believe there are any major wrecks because when you look and you scan down through the uh, through the result, um, and again, I'm I'm going to go in full disclosure. Uh, that I did not watch the entire race, uh, very little of it. But, no, it looks like – let's see here. So well, I only have through the top 25, so I can't see below that at the moment. 
But um, I assume that there wasn't any sort of major catastrophes in terms of something that took out five and six or eight racers this weekend. No. I mean, the really notable was uh, Jimmy Johnson. I think he cut two tires, but he finished – 41st so and so did carl edwards he was 42nd i don't know if carl got knocked up in something but i know that jimmy johnson was having some major tire issues and i think he hit the wall got uh, it and again that that kind of destroyed my team this week as far as the uh fantasy, fantasy goes yeah well it's still early days so so it's okay plus you've won enough over the last few years so it's about time that you you, you, you know, no, you, never, you, never. Poo- you, 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 you shit the bed in fantasy. That'd be good. So, um, but anyway, so that, that but anyway, so, so, so we had a lackluster race again, um, yeah. you know, from, 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 from a NASCAR perspective, um, you had now a repeat winner, right? So Harvick's now won two races this year, right? Mm-hmm. If memory serves yep. me correctly. So, um, so it didn't really change much relative to the chase. So sort of bland. So I, th- I think that kind of, makes for a natural transition for us. They're in Las Vegas, and Las Vegas is the home of the Bush brothers. And most notably, one of them's not running. Um, I saw a picture of him that he was in the garage area and so forth, But and I'm not sure when Kyle's coming back, uh, but I'm guessing it's a few weeks away at best. Uh, And his other – well, neither Bush brother uh, was running in the race, and the other one, um, because of his – the status that he had, and in fact, as we go on air, so we are actually breaking news uh, as we speak. Um, I've always wanted to say that. Um, This just in, uh, Kurt Busch apparently is going to be reinstated. So I think that kind of leads us to like – what the hell was that all about? You know, with well, you know, I'll have to, I'll have to say the my favorite headline about <laughs> Kurt Busch. It said Bush is back, and you could take that in several different directions. But I thought that was pretty pretty clever. Well, you have a sick mind. <laughs> I think it was TMZ that said Bush is back. And I was like, <laughs> we still talking about NASCAR? What, what we got going on here? <laughs> Well, there you go. I mean, you know, uh, that, that, you know. Sorry, Kurt, it's PG, I know. I'm sorry. I'm talking yeah. about Kurt Busch. What are you talking about? Kurt Beaver, isn't his name? <laughs> <laughs> so, um. He is that, back, though. Said he, said he didn't do it. Said he didn't do it. He, uh, they, uh, I, I think it was, I guess, Delaware, where uh, supposedly he, he tuned up his, his fiance or girlfriend and, and uh, the DA, uh, has declined to file criminal charges, is what it read, and that uh, in addition to that, then NASCAR waived uh, the the requirement that, and I, I didn't know this, that in order for you to win the cup, you have to participate in all races. So mm. they've waived they've waived that. So he actually could be back in the running and and could potentially win the uh, win the cup. I don't know if that would happen, but and I'm not sure how that happens if he gets Regan Smith's points or what, but. Uh, well, well, as we both – I mean with the change, which actually I applaud in NASCAR, and for those that don't know, NASCAR changed um, – well, first changed its format probably about seven, eight years ago when they first did the first chase. Again, if we did show prep, we'd know this exactly. But right. um, I want to say they went to the chase format, which for those that are that are new to the sport or, or, or don't follow it very closely, they, 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 they took the last eight races, I believe, of the season – and designated and, and and on on and in NASCAR there are 36 races uh, for the entire season. So on on race 27 they took the top at that point 
when we first 12. did the chase, first 12, right? First 12, so the right. top 12 in points at that point were now locked in, and those are the only 12 now that can win the championship. And they reset the points, and they spread them out a little bit. So the guy that was first uh, got 10 points, and the guy that was second got five and so forth and so on. So you had a little bit of an advantage going in. And that worked out pretty well, and I thought that was a really good idea. And it made a lot of excitement and created a lot of drama around the last 10 races of the NASCAR season. Well, because we had Mr. Jimmy Johnson uh, uh, show up and win a bunch of championships all in a row, they decided to tweak it a little bit more this last year. And so basically they sort of made it as an uh, same process. They allowed more people in, but the only way to qualify uh, into the chase this year was not necessarily by points, although I do think there's a way to do that. Um, as a wild card, you had to win a race. So race, win, yeah, race winners are the only ones that now qualify for the chase, as it's as it's as it's told now. And it becomes a head-to-head situation where there are knockout rounds as they move through those final uh, eight races of the season. Right. And and I do think that's been really really smart for Na- on NASCAR's part. So I think where I'm going with this is that relative to Kurt winning the championship, because they've kind of monkeyed around so much over the years with the points, um, I think it's really hard to, to, to keep somebody out. Um, you know, Now, what would be interesting, Gannon, though, is if one of these sort of uh, you know uh, arrive-and-drive type drivers that only do eight or ten of the races happen to pull something off and win a race, right. um, are they going to change the rules for them? True. True. I don't know. That would be it. I'd like to see that actually, because I like I would, to see, I like to see when somebody kind of you know brings up something that's that's somewhat you know contradictory. While it's commercially viable, because Kurt runs for a bigger team and they got big sponsorship, and that's why they're doing what they're doing because they want those guys to be happy and keep pumping their money into NASCAR. They're granting him that so that none of that sponsorship goes away. But right. um, it'd be really unfair if somebody else does it. You know, happens to to pull a you know a. a a monkey out of out of out of the hat and go hey you know boom i just won this race i'm in the chase and they should be at that point you know mm-hmm. so i agree uh, i agree what uh let's backtrack a minute though yeah because we kind of skated over it with the whole kurt bush um situation yeah and i tried you know the last hour to try and pull up an article um i don't know if you read but any a people people magazine had an article about Kurt Busch. And I, I would have to think that's probably the first or maybe second. Maybe I think people probably did something after Earnhardt died. But anytime People Magazine, a mainstream <laughs> publication like that, has a story about a NASCAR driver, it's going to get some looks. And, and that whole situation was so bizarre about what he said that uh, his fiance was. I think he said she was – didn't he say she was a uh, an assassin? Right, right. Something along the lines is that she had found Bin Laden. I think on the weekend, in between, or during the week, in between. I, I make that up. I'm being sarcastic, but yes, apparently she worked for the CIA. That was mm-hmm. early articles a couple months ago. Said something. Yeah. He made those accusations in court. I think. Right. Yeah. That she she like would leave. She left a, a hotel room or something in a nightgown, and then came back with, in fatigues, and there was blood stains on her. Some crazy shit, and it was. My mom even brought it up to me. She's the one that asked me about it. And here, my mom, she's not a fan at all, and she's like, "Did you hear about this?" 
Kurt Busch guy that says his fiance is an assassin? And I was like, no clue. So then I, I read it online and I was like, wow, he's lost his shit. And then I, I can't find it. And and I've looked. The only thing that people, if you Google Kurt Busch right now, you're you're gonna get Bush's back and 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 all about his reinstatement. There's, I really can't find it. And I didn't dig too deep, but still, I remember reading that and thinking, wow, this this guy has he's fallen off. You know, he, he's lost it. Well, and you're right. It's interesting how the PR machine of NASCAR has clearly uh, – they did the right things by suspending him. And True. it's unfortunate that now you know criminal charges are not going to be – or it's not going to still play itself out you know, or, or she's not going to have her day in court. Because allegedly there's a police report um, and or witnesses or witnesses that can sort of testify to the fact that, that – that he did do something abusive uh, or has, you know, um, and for those of us that have followed the sport, he is, he, you know, he, certainly in his younger years, was a little more of a hothead, too. Um, he pulled yeah. over somewhere and was like, don't you know who I am? And the cop was like, no clue who you are. You're going to the pokey. It doesn't matter who you are, you know. Right. You know, so so, so I guess it's not I mean, I, I don't know Kurt Busch. Um, I, I've, you know. Uh, he seems, at least his PR persona, seems like a reasonably good guy. Other than you hear that he's a little bit of a hothead, um, and I think they all are a little bit. Um, but from what I read in the early early reports uh, several months ago, when it first came out, and I think it was when Kurt went to court to, to either give his deposition or testify or something like that, that that's when it really exploded. That you know his wife or his fiance was this ex CIA person he's making all these accusations that that his life was at risk yes. uh, you know and you're like what you know mm-hmm. and and so forth and so on um you know and here's a here's a woman that he was appearing in victory lane with you know and things like that and you're like okay you know that's a little weird um yeah. and it does seem a little bizarre I, I don't know what her background is or what she's doing but but I would think if she's She's capable of showing up on Sundays to go to all the NASCAR races. Um, she's not, you know, she's she, again, she's not hunting down, you know, ISIS or Al Qaeda, um, you know, operatives. Her, so she got her killing done on Saturday, Friday and Saturday. Then she showed up on Sunday. A good point, maybe. I mean, that's true. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe she she dropped out of the, you know, one of the parachute drops with the flag or something, you know, to, to start the race. So um, she, as far as we know. She did issue a comment saying, and I'm I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's like a paragraph. Basically, she's she's concerned about the message that NASCAR is sending by letting him compete, and then she goes on to say that her she has some sort of affiliation with work with the Armed Forces Foundation on veteran treatment. Yes, so I don't know, I don't know if that's where he thought she was. Uh, well, that would explain why she was in fatigues. That that or they're into some funky stuff. That's the other point too. But. Um, uh, you know he, yeah she she has something to do with a NASCAR program, which mm-hmm. is what made this whole thing a little bit of sort of a, a, a I think that's why NASCAR put a noose around it as much as they could because she with one of the armed forces and and you know all, they all are participants in NASCAR and sponsorship in some way shape or form. Right. Uh, she is part of one of the programs you know that does pay money to NASCAR to to promote. Um, and so I think that's weird. I. I, I look, I, I, and maybe I'm partial to this because um, I have a household full of women. But I do think that if that if he did do anything uh, of a physical nature, you know, like a Ray Rice uh, in that kind of situation, that's just not acceptable, too. You know, oh. um, and and I do think that now he's you know he's served a penalty, and and so be it. But it does seem you know it is it, it's it's a with with the female 
base that NASCAR has, this is a tough one for NASCAR. You know, I agree. I agree. Um, go ahead. I was just going to say I haven't had the uh, fortune of looking at any of the uh, of, of the comments about it about that. But yeah, yeah I, I agree. If you know, it's it's one of those things though. Too, <clears throat> you know, if you're accused of domestic violence or and or rape, something like that, even if you're if you are not you're exonerated of the charges. It's still kind of like hanging over your head that there's still that doubt. Like, well, did he do it? Is it because he has, you know, a lot of money and he hired good lawyers to kind of some hush money or something. So I still feel like it's, yeah, it could go either way. They may catch some, some slack from it, some backlash from it, but it, it was just released. So you know, yeah. time will tell. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe we'll know more. And in some ways, I guess I'm a little bit surprised um, because he's not, I mean, while he's, he carries the name Bush, and the Bushes have done very, very well over the years. He's not, you know, he's not Jeff Gordon. He's not uh, Jimmy Johnson, and he's certainly not a Dale Earnhardt. So I don't know why NASCAR would have to feel compelled to necessarily, you know, reinstate him necessarily. You know, again, you know, it's not like, you know, one of those situations where it's the star center on the basketball team or it's the quarterback of the football team, and, they, you know, they rush back Peyton Manning, you know, and, oh, well, and you know, they do the standard PR of, well, until it comes out in a court of law, he should be presumed innocent until proven guilty. And so we'll wait until that happens, right? Mm. Um, you know, they reacted right away and did the right things, and now they're kind of reinstating him, and it's not clear if you know if he, you know, is guilty of, of what he did or not. But, you know, we shall see. But it does hearken to also the problem, PR problem, maybe that it creates also for NASCAR, is that y you don't have that m big star out there anymore it doesn't seem like you know i mean G gordon's swan song's not not playing out the way they'd like it to at the moment no. um jimmy johnson i mean they're all sort of bland you know that they're, they're not quite it's the best description bland is perfect well yes. because of the money and stuff you know i mean we don't have the dale earnharts anymore or, or or you know the intimidators you know it's sort of nascar's losing its its roots i think don't you i mean I, I I couldn't agree more, I, and and it makes me think of I remember I, uh, mm -hmm. five six years ago, um, it may have been longer than that when uh, Matt Kenseth won the championship, and it was kind of like uh, and I want to say, uh, and again I didn't do my research. I don't think he won, but maybe one race when he won the championship. But I remember there was just this kind of like oh Matt Kenseth from Wisconsin has a personality of a turd you know there wasn't a lot of uh, he, he caught a little bit of backlash about being the, the champion with no personality and he kind of wasn't he wasn't a very uh i mean he was a good driver don't be wrong he's a good driver hell but of a driver yeah outside of the car it's kind of it's entertainment we want we want the dale earnhardt and and to your point i mean earnhardt was my favorite driver hands down yeah. and if you were and if you were to ask me then i i would hope that i speak for a lot of Dale Earnhardt senior fans who's your favorite driver I have a I hesitate and and I don't have I don't immediately say you know oh well it's Tony Stewart um and and you you don't have that off-track personality that, that I think Dale Earnhardt brought to the sport and you, you're talking about a guy who was a, a second generation driver his 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 dad raced he he kind of moved up the ranks and he raced uh, I remember the Wrangler car back in the day and kind of made his made a name for himself even back before the sport took off and he he carried that on 
throughout you know when the when the when it really peaked yeah uh, that he was he was the intimidator he was that guy like and i can go on and on about that one hard i know that's that's kind of redneck but i could he was that guy who off the track you you were you could relate to him yeah. he was a good old boy from from i think north carolina but yep uh, same personality off the track as in the track he, he was the intimidator and he was intimidating behind the wheel but he was a he was a good dude and uh, just a good blue collar guy and you know i don't know if you've gotten the opportunity to watch the documentary on him and how he came up and just a really interesting guy yeah and and, and he wasn't he wasn't too he wasn't like a showboat he went out there and granted uh, you know when the popularity hit he he was in the limelight but he still i still felt like he was that driver that was still grounded and that people could relate to <laughs> And and these guys, you got Jimmy Johnson, who's great. No, you're wrong. Good looking dude, but he started in California racing. I think the Baja Desert races. It wasn't like he was a a, a good old blue collar gritty driver like like Earnhardt was. Yeah, no, I no, I and, I and I think there's some merit to that. Certainly, the folklore of you know NASCAR has definitely gone well beyond its roots. You know, um, oh, yeah. with with. You know the, the 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 southern type driver and that profile, and, and Earnhardt was the last of them, really yeah, and truly. He, was. he really know? was, and and in some ways, it, it's Gordon showing up. You know, back then, um, and and Dale's at the peak of his career, and then this young guy is coming on that creates that whole popularity aspect to it too. You know, here's this because as as you'll remember, Gordon was insanely young. Uh, the average age at that time of a NASCAR driver was in his third. I mean, I, I want to say it was like 31 or 32 years of age. And here comes this kid that's, I think Gordon's 23 or 24 years of age when he wins the first one. And then, you know, three or four weeks later wins that Brickyard 400. Um, and, and it's sort of like, wow, you know, and that ushered in now the average age of a NASCAR driver is, I, I got to think it's, you know, we should do show prep, but I'm assuming it's like 26, 27, right? And you get long in the tooth at 35 and you're done. Whereas back when Dale was driving, you had uh, our favorite and ESPN's favorite, Dick Trickle, who was probably 72 when he was still doing it. And yeah. Wallace, um, you know, the wall, I mean, uh, Rusty ran until he was, you know, in his late 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, you had What's the, of the wingtips. Um, that guy ran forever. He yeah. was a tour. He drove wingtip shoes. He was, or he would wear wingtip shoes when he drove. What was his name? Uh, Buddy. Well, there's like Buddy Baker, and and I mean, you know, all these guys. Hell, AJ Foyt was still jumping back in. He he ran the Brickyard 400 for the inaugural. As I I was there, and he was like 45 when he was doing that. You know, I mean, so and that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, you know, and, and now you got the, you know, hell, you got guys now 18, 19 years of age that are actually taking the green flag at Daytona, mm-hmm. which is unheard of. You know, um, but I think, you know, when NASCAR made the choice, which was a smart choice uh, from 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 a fan perspective and and from a financial perspective to start to have more races in the West Coast, build Mm -hmm. racetracks in Chicago, build the Kansas racetrack um, and start to spread out that brand across the country. um, You're naturally going to start to bring in, you know, more and more um, uh, diversity from from from, uh, you know, geographical perspective. Uh, of drivers and everybody else, and money's going to come in from other places. So guys like Johnson or you know others are going to come in with some sponsorship, or are going to know the right people that are going to bring some West Coast sponsorship into the thing, and right. and that's who they want driving their car. They don't they don't need the guy 
that's going to pitch, you know, red man chewing tobacco anymore. Um, and, and that's the other thing too. I think uh, as I'm as I'm saying that that I think has led to the changes that tobacco advertising, as we both know, when we first started watching it, it was Winston Cup. Winston, yeah. right? And and when when you know the federal regu- regulations came down on where uh, the tobacco companies could spend their money, and they took sport out of it, that that changed. To, you know, um, now now you have Sprint. Um, and, you know, and Sprint's not necessarily, uh, you know, from Dolphin Island, Alabama. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it fundamentally changed, you know, the, the, the nature of the sport. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And the drivers uh, that, reflect that. The uh, uh, Harvick, is, is there even a Budweiser car anymore? I know he's racing uh, Jimmy John's, and then you had – Kozlowski, is he still running Miller Lite? I want to say he had a different sponsor as well. Like He did at Daytona. So I'm suspecting that Budweiser, um, you know, everybody seems to be running now three and four major sponsors. Because of the expense of the, the thing, I think it's gotten to the point where sponsors aren't willing to fork uh, 10, 12, 14 million dollars to, to paint the car for all 36 races. And so, um, so I do think there was a Miller car certainly out there at Daytona. Mm-hmm. I don't believe there was a Budweiser car. To your point, yeah. uh, now I, I think they are affiliated with it. Uh, I think somebody's got decals, and my guess is at some point we'll probably have see, you know, uh, one of the Anheuser Busch type cars, whether it be in you know Bush or, or or Budweiser type colors. But you're right, um, you know, in, in Budweiser, not to get off, given that I'm talking to you from St. Louis and have a little bit of in, little bit of insight to it and an emotional attachment to Budweiser. You know, when they were bought by by Interbrew, the Belgian company, they, they've really changed the way they do a lot of sports advertising, anyways. And so, yeah. something like NASCAR to a guy sitting in Belgium is not going to go is not going to look at that and go, "Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me." Um, you know, so um, right. you know, so anyhow, you know, it's it, it's it, it's interesting and, and, and evolution. I mean, but but you know, uh, it, it's you know, NASCAR is insanely popular. Um, even with it plateauing like we're talking about, I mean, it, 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 it puts more eyeballs on screens than NBA games do during the week. You know, it mm. kills the NHL. Um, it kills baseball. Um, you know, now but there's so many damn baseball games on that you, know, you kind of have to add them up. But but you still have, you know, the NFL is about the only thing on a single day event that will, will draw more eyeballs on a screen than, than a NASCAR race will, you know, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. So True, true. Well, anyways, so we're – we're kind of right on the 30-minute mark here, and I'd kind of like to keep this show right in right in line with that. So with that, we've got to go to one of our most popular segments, um, and that's our uh, our backscanner channel chatter. Um, so I'm wondering what sort of gem you have to share with us today about you know, some of the intellectual giants uh, that are out there on the blog sites. Well, I was fortunate enough to find a really good blog and, and chitter-chatter back and forth. This uh, This week comes from... Daquan is his name, not not Bob Rockass or yeah, I can't remember. Was it, it was Bob? Bob Rockass? It was Bob Rockass last week, and I was really hoping we'd find some more Bob Rockass. Well, he was kind of quiet. He he kind of got a little bit more PC for me. So Daquan says in the middle of, and it was people going back and forth about the the race and just you know comment about the race, and this guy just jumps in and says, "Left turn, left turn, catch your sister, make that ass burn." And I thought it was fan, fantastic little slam against the stereotypical NASCAR fan. And then followed up by that, someone called him a winky <laughs> afterwards. And he said back, 
I don't even know what the hell that means. Is that supposed to be racist? And so the, the chatter was just, it, it just spins off. It spins off. And then there was another lady talking about being a Republican. It just, I still uh, can sit back and read these things and just love how they spiral into so many different directions. Well, my curiosity with, with uh, I'm not quite sure I understand uh, NyQuil or Daquan or NyQuil or Dayquil or whatever his name was. Uh, comment. I'm not sure I quite get it. Um, but the fascinating thing to me is, uh, do if you are either side of the political slate, are, are, are one is one more acceptable to watch NASCAR than another? Is that where the comments were coming from? Pol- yeah, from political it perspective, was, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, it again, it spiraled out of control about um, something about y'all white people and Republicans, and then someone said, "I'm a Democrat and I love the sport and I'm surrounded by Republicans." It, it, I have no idea. Got no it. I- so 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 if you if you um, have been one of the very fortunate fourteen or eighteen million people that have gotten health care, you can't watch NASCAR. Is what is really what it boils down to. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's very intellectual. That's that's some good thinking. So, right, right. Unless you're going out and you know and 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 killing what you're eating, um, it's just not acceptable. So. Right. Yeah. That's a whole other segment as far as hunting. We could go into that too. That's oh, absolutely. Was... No, no, no. The gun rack and 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 the eight, what used to be the three, uh, is 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 key. In fact, I loved one of my favorite ads was, I don't know if it was it was was it Budweiser or was it Mountain Dew, <laughs> who showed guys that had shaved you know the the eight into their head, and then when he went oh. to eighty eight, <laughs> everybody oh. had to figure out how to solve that problem. I thought that was brilliant advertising. Yes, yes. But wasn't there uh, – I thought I saw another one where they shaved 88 into, this, into the back hair of a dude. It might, no, no, exactly. Yeah, it was a commercial. And for those of you who don't know, again, is uh, Dale uh, Earnhardt Jr., when he first got into the sport, uh, had eight as his number. And, of course, mm-hmm. um, numbers are incredibly significant in NASCAR, more so than any other motorsport. Um, most other motorsports, the number on the car changes relative to where you finish um, – Within within the race series, so the number one's always on the guy that was the champion before, and then mm-hmm. and then from there on out you're numbered appropriately. I, there is some choice in 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 what numbers you want to have, but uh, in NASCAR it's really really symbolic. And when when Dale Earnhardt Jr. decided to move teams, which he did about five or six years ago, the eight he could not take the eight number with him because it was owned by the team that he was with, and Earnhardt. so. Uh, widow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, it was an Earnhardt car. That's exactly yeah. right. And so, and and so, consequently, he became the eighty-eight. So everybody that had tattoos that had eights or <laughs> anything on them uh, had to go out and change them. Now, fortunately, they could put another eight next to it and make it work. But Mountain Dew or Budweiser, I can't remember which, kind of played that up in a commercial, and I thought it was really, really funny and well done, uh, and a good a good play on it. Don't you have a number three with wings on it, like on your pelvis? I think I saw a picture on Facebook where you had a speedo on. Didn't you? Didn't, didn't you have that? No, that was that was Bob Rockass, um, <laughs> on vacation, uh, <laughs> uh, in Pontoon Beach here in uh, Illinois. So um, no, I don't have I don't have any tattoos on me. Uh, I have not scarred my body yet for the sake of motor racing. Although I might, you know, again, if big if GoDaddy or Budweiser or somebody wants to sponsor the show, maybe we could have a chat. So, um, but you know, until that happens, uh, yeah, there's there's no ink going on this body. So, all right, yeah. all right, fair, fair so. enough. I, I thought it was you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. No, don't 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 don't. Your photo stream, I know, gets a little weird. Don't worry about it. Okay, so keep it straight. Keep it in the right file. 
Well, that's going to put a wrap on it uh, for episode number three for uh, This is Spinal Lap. Uh, we uh, appreciate, again, that you spending some time and listening to us uh, chatter about all things NASCAR, uh, both relevant and irrelevant. Um, we will be back to you next week, hopefully about the same time. So this show probably will get up and on to uh, our network. My guess is this will be on a Thursday, and so that will kind of be our target, or my target is to try to get the shows up to you but Thursday before any, any racing activity occurs over the weekend. So, again, I appreciate it very much uh, and look forward to bringing to you some interesting information and tidbits on uh, the race uh, in Phoenix this Sunday. Uh, and again, thank you, Gannon, for joining us and participating. Uh, a joy. And once again, we'll have Gannon back again because, again, there's nothing else going on in the world of motorsport except for NASCAR. So, again, thank you so much uh, from the Ignotainment Studios here in wonderful Edwardsville, Illinois. Uh, we're signing off, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. This is Spinal Lap with Greg Mefford, only on the Ignotainment Media Network. Visit our website at www.spinallap.com. Follow us on Twitter at Spinal Lap or on Facebook at This Is Spinal Lap. Only on the Ignotainment Media Network.